1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Andy Herman, PackerReport.com and Packaday Podcast. Now joining us, Andy, how you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks as always for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, glad to have you! I get a word today from a couple of different people that uh, have told me don't plan on having fans in the stands at Lambeau Field. It's nothing new, but it seems like it's more and more of a reality at this point, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it definitely seems that way. I think the the Baltimore Ravens actually just recently came out uh, saying that they're going to have less fans in the stands as well. So. Uh, this actually 14,000 seats per game. If they do have fans in the stands, they've limited it to 14,000. So I think this is going to become a more common trend throughout the NFL. Um. Obviously, the Packers have already been proactive in this and, uh, you know, kind of saying that they're going to allow their fans to, uh, to opt out and uh, not accept their season tickets this year and kind of postpone things uh, to the following season. So uh, they seem to certainly be uh, ahead of the game a little bit and trying to prepare for this. But they, there's a lot of major important decisions that kind of have to take place uh, with really in, in the course of the next six to eight weeks here, especially if there actually is preseason football
2: um when we look at the packers as it stands right now i'm just kind of wondering you know how they're going to be able to do things you know what i mean Uh, they're talking about face shields they're talking about zoom meetings and socially distancing but ultimately it's going to be body on body guy on guy within less than inches of one another um i it it really i as much as i want to believe they're coming back there's a skepticism about it right
0: Yeah, I'm 100% right there with you. And, you know, anyone that knows me knows that, you know, I more than maybe anyone want the NFL to come back. I mean, heck, I've spent the entire quarantine so far covering a season that I'm just hoping is going to exist. But, you know, at some point you have to kind of, you know, read the tea leaves a little bit and understand that, you know, not everything is kind of looking great at the moment. You 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 obviously see the continuing rising cases, and I'm not certainly going to pretend to be a health expert in any stretch of the imagination, but you kind of see some of the rising numbers. You know, you see now that the NFL and the NFL Players Association aren't necessarily on the same page. Um, You see, you know, MLS, you know, they're they're set for games. They've already had a team that's pulled out. Um, They've already had to postpone two games. I think the most surprising thing to me throughout the entirety of this i know the nfl kind of baked in some of the things with scheduling that they can kind of suspend maybe the first 4 weeks of the season and you know some teams have certain you know you know bye weeks that are the same so they could kind of push things back but They have 269 games scheduled from the opening kickoff to the Super Bowl. And they didn't really, you know, put any extra weeks in there that they could, you know, if if a game needs to be postponed or anything like that. They didn't bake anything like that into the schedule. And it just seems, you know, unrealistic to an extent to say that all 269 of these games are going to go off without a hitch. I mean, you know, the MLS has had situations where they had a bunch of positive tests right away and a team had to postpone a game. I can't imagine if you have, you know, maybe you know, six guys in your offensive line room that test positive you know, are you, you know, one, is, is the team going to feel confident that they can even feel the competent team Two, is the NFL going to force them? Is the other team going to want to play against them? I mean, there's so many open-ended questions that again, we're, we're kind of running out of time. As, as Mark Murphy said, you know, time is no longer on everyone's side with this. You know, these decisions are going to have to be made quickly and, and to think that everything's just going to go off without a hitch and not to be, you know, kind of negative here, but it just seems unrealistic.
2: Uh, so to, to, Look at this season. I know that the the owners now are talking to the NFLPA about the possibility of putting 35% into escrow. Can you imagine NFL players still playing a 16-game season plus a postseason and saying, yeah, go ahead and take 35% and put it into escrow? And I I, I would say just if for rainy day funding or something? Put it this way. I Look, baseball is going to play 60 games without fans, and they're prorating it for just 60 games. The NFL is two hundred plus million dollar payroll for every team, and they're going to most likely play without fans. I don't know how the NFL financially, even though they're a sixteen billion dollar plus industry. I don't know how they're going to just say, "Yeah, no big deal. We'll take it on the chin this year." You know what I mean?
0: A hundred percent. And I think it's a it's a question that's going to exist. You know, not only into this season, but if you know revenue is you know decreased this season, it's going to affect future salary caps. Well, a lot of those teams already have. Uh, guaranteed contracts going into future seasons. Uh, you know, I think we're just starting to see uh, just the beginnings of some of the labor unrest that's going to be caused between both the NFL and the NFLPA because of this. And, and I, I can't imagine that this is just going to be something that's going to be easily resolved overnight. You know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, signing that large contract. That that was the first large contract that has been given out, or any sort of restructure or extension that's been given. Really, since this entire began, outside of obviously the, the general free agency, uh, really, since that initial onslaught of free agency, every team's kind of sad. We haven't seen a Kenny Clark or a David Bakhtiari restructure. And I think it, it, there's obvious reasons as to why. You know, as a as an agent or as you know a general manager, how the heck are you supposed to know what next year's salary cap is even going to look like to try to figure out if the deal that you're giving them or the deal that you're going to get your player is is going to be you know a, a normal contract going into the future of what the league looks like? So uh, I think a lot of teams have kind of put these sort of contracts on pause. Players like Jadavian and Clowney can't find a team. Um, you know, I just think some of those things are, are going to really affect not only this upcoming season but future seasons as well. Hopefully, they can figure out something um, that's amicable to both sides. I don't think necessarily not playing at all does anyone any favors. Um, So, I think the NFL is going to be aggressive on this. But, you know, I keep going back to there's just so many unanswered questions at this point.
2: So uh, I go back to, we just had Steve Palazzolo on from Pro Football Focus a little while ago, and he was talking about, there's been a lot written about Kirksey and, and the, the, the benefits of the defense with a faster linebacker there as to whether or not they're going to actually be able to cure some of the problems should we get into the season and should the Packers then be tested via the run game. Give me your thoughts on where the run game stands now, defensively speaking, and uh, do you think this team is still genuinely lacking?
0: Yeah, they are absolutely still lacking, and I'm definitely excited about the addition of Christian Kirksey, and I think you go back and you look at Blake Martinez, and you can see some of the plays where, you know, he made in the hole, he was able to be, you know, kind of the guy that's making the play calls, he was okay in coverage, he was a solid NFL linebacker, and he certainly brought a lot to the table, but, you know, you look what like San Francisco was to do in the two games that they played against Green Bay, you know, they're stretching Green Bay sideline to sideline, they're trapping teams, and I, there's just plays that, unfortunately, Blake Martinez wasn't able to get to. I think if Christian Kirksey is able to, to kind of help kind of get some of that, you know, speed in there, uh, we'll see if, you know, somebody like a Kamal Martin or a Ty Summers, who really is uh, incredibly fast, if, if one of those type of guys can maybe get on the field and add some speed as well. I think there's some reasons to be optimistic, but, I, you know, I go back. This isn't my biggest issue all offseason for the Packers. It's not... Not drafting a receiver. It's not picking Jordan Love within the first round. You know, all these, you know, kind of hot button topics. To me, you got gashed in your four losses a season ago. Um, you, you know, teams absolutely, you know, ran it down their throat when they needed to. The Chargers, the Eagles, the 49ers twice, your biggest game of the season. The 49ers, again, did, honestly, I don't think they needed to pass the ball once in that game if they didn't want to. I think they could have ran every play and I think they could have beat Green Bay. And if that doesn't say something, you know, I don't know what will. And, you know, they go out and they get a Trayvon Hester at a minimum deal. They basically swap out Martinez, um, you know, for Kirksey. And personally, I just think that's enough. And I've said all offseason, I shudder to think what would happen if all of a sudden Kenny Clark would have any sort of injury. I don't know what they would do in that situation to try to stop the runs. I'm hopeful that, you know, a Christian, a Christian Kirksey can help, that a Kingsley Kiki can take a next step. I think Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster can play better than they did a season ago. So it's not like the cupboard is completely bare. I think there's some potential answers there, but there's still a lot of question marks as well.
2: Offensively speaking, um, you know, I know we all make a bunch of, you know, of, of stuff out of Jordan Love, and I, I think it's going to take a while for him to develop, and I'm not really worried about that right now. Offensively speaking, second year, are we just bank- basing our fact that, yeah, things will get better because it's the second year of Matt LaFleur's offense? I,
0: I think there's some of that, but I think there's also, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to come across really negative today, and I certainly don't mean to be this way. Um, I also think that sometimes you see in their second year, uh, take a little bit of a step back as well. Not because necessarily the offense is doing anything different. I think the offense can actually feel more functional. But uh, you know, teams now have a lot of tape on what that offense is trying to you know accomplish. They have you know for Green Bay, they have 18 games uh, to go back and study. And I think we saw that. Uh, a little bit with Sean McVay, you know, after you know he had a successful Super Bowl run, I think teams kind of figured him out. Um, I think we saw it a lot with Ryan Pace in Chicago. So I think just, you know, kind of expecting things to kind of go better in their second year just because, you know, things are going to be more familiar. I don't necessarily think that that's always the case. I do think there's reasons, again, to be optimistic. I think they have the, the stable of running backs that they want to be successful. I think Alan Lazard is going to continue on his upward trajectory that he, you know, really started last season and give a second option. I like just signing, you know, so I think there's some, some reason for, for hope and optimism in there. And I also think if you just look at, you know, some of the peripherals with, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he wasn't a really great play action quarterback. I think they have an opportunity to really improve in that regard, Especially if that running game can be as close as it potentially could be. So I think there's ways for this offense to be more aggressive, uh, to take more shots field and to be better but I, I definitely wouldn't just chalk it up to being more comfortable in the second year in the system.
2: Uh, by the way, we're sitting here uh, talking with our buddy Andy Herman, PackReport.com and Packaday a podcast as well. Um, the rest of the division, as much as I want to focus on the green Bay Packers, we kind of know what they are. There's not a lot of change. There's not a lot of difference. Maybe the line will change a little bit, but beyond that, We know what they are. Talk about the the Vikings, the Bears. I'm not overly concerned about Detroit, even though they could be a bit of a sleeper, maybe a garner, a win or two within the division. I'm interested to see what's going to happen south of the border. They've got a really good defense, just not much of an offense to speak of, and I don't know what to make of what they've been able to do with a deteriorating defense over in Minneapolis.
0: I think you bring up a few great points there, and I'll start with Chicago. So I think, first of all, that addition of Robert Quinn for Leonard Floyd – uh, has the ability to be really problematic uh, for the rest of the NFC North. You know, it's it certainly all is going to be dependent upon how well Khalil Mack is playing. If he's playing like he did two seasons ago at the top of his game, and now you add a, a 10-sack player and Robert Point across from him, um, you know, a team Hicks in the middle healthy. Uh, that linebacking core with Roquan Smith, I think, is going to continue to get better. Uh, that defense, you know, when you go back to some of those great Chicago, I'm not talking the 85 Bears, but some of the, you know, 2,000 Bears defenses with Erlacher and Tillman and those type of things, I think this defense can be right there with them, and I think it can be one of the the best, you know, top two or three defenses in the league if everyone's playing at their peak performance and their peak level. So I think that that team is going to be so dependent upon how well that defense can play and if they can get any sort of consistent quarterback play, you know, the Trubisky Fold situation is certainly going to be interesting. And and I think, you know, the, the underwritten or under talked about topics for the NFC North is, you know, yes, Minnesota's bringing in a Justin Jefferson, but they lost a the Stephon Diggs. And, yes, you know, Detroit's bringing in a Jeffrey Okuda, but they traded away a Darius Slay. Some of the top picks that Minnesota and Detroit used were basically used because they replaced players that they traded away, some high-end players that Green Bay had struggled playing against uh, in the last few seasons. So I definitely think Minnesota's going to take a hit with all the veterans that lost. You know, Lindvall Joseph is somebody that was vastly underrated. Uh, Everson Griffin you know, uh, you just know that their secondary is basically completely redone at the cornerback position. So I think they're going to have to kind of rebuild that. I really like what they did in the draft, uh, but I think there's question marks there. And then again, Detroit, I'm with you. I think that they still have a lot to prove. And until Detroit and Matthew Stafford and that entire organization proves that they can put a consistent product out on the field for a season or more, I'm going to continue to believe that they're kind of the, the fourth string guy in the division.
2: Great to talk to you, Andy. I always appreciate it. We'll uh, pick your brain as uh, things become more prudent and we get closer to camp, but I can't believe we're less than 25 days away from getting things underway, and hopefully we can do it without any invasiveness from COVID, okay?
0: I'm with you. Thanks so much for having me, Bill.
2: Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Andy Herman, packerreport.com and packaday podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL, at Andy Herman NFL, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair 80 plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844 pride to go to SchneiderJobs.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?